Here's some good news. A new deal has been struck by WestJet and its pilots union avoiding a holiday weekend work stoppage. This is a very good news. Now, the airline had grounded its fleet yesterday or the bulk of its fleet yesterday and it says it's going to take some time to get things uh, restarted and operating the way they would have otherwise. So the full resumption of operations will take some time. I want to talk about this uh, whole situation. To do that, we're joined by Marvin Ryder, professor with the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Uh, Marvin, as always, I appreciate the time today. Uh, so how bad would that strike have been for WestJet? Well, just to put a, a sense of this, uh, we go back to 2019, four years ago. That was the last time WestJet had made a profit. Now, we understand we went through COVID. We did a major a scale back of operations. They were just sort of holding on. The hope had been that this year was the year they were going to break through and be profitable. So the strike was well-timed if I'm a pilot, not well-timed if I'm the company, as they were trying to reestablish full operations and finally get to be profitable this year. What was the danger if uh, it hadn't been resolved? Well, as, as you probably know, the, uh, the last couple of years have such a wild swing. Uh, let me just take Pierce as an example. In 2019, Pearson handled 50 million passengers, 50 million passengers. In 2021, two years later, it was around 13 million passengers. So we'd had a dramatic scale back. And then last year, as we started to claw back, Pearson handled 35 million passengers, not quite triple the number, but there were lots of growing pains. And so we had lots and lots of stories of people who couldn't get their luggage or they had long lineups or customs were taking too long or whatever it happened to be. So as we tried to bounce back from COVID, there were lots of skeptical passengers. And this strike, had it happened, would have been another one of those uh, darts in the dartboard where people would say, well, I don't know if I can trust this system because they've canceled my flight or, again, there are long lineups. Uh, there still is going to be disruption, so we haven't got away scot-free on all of this, but but I think it's a sign that we are getting stability back into that marketplace. Yeah, that's one of the questions I have uh, coming out of this in terms of the, the sector itself. It's been beat up a lot over the past year. I won't uh, count the pandemic against that. That was a different circumstance altogether, but is there a crisis of sorts facing the sector in this country? No one seems to be happy with flying in Canada. <laughs> Well, that's true, although I'm not sure if that isn't because of short memories, uh, you know, because we stopped flying. Maybe we forgot what it took. I've seen lots of people. I've flown five times over the last year, and I've had no problems at all, but... I remembered that you should get to the airport a good two hours in advance of your flight. <laughs> I remembered how to pack my bags, what have you. And every time I was there, I was stunned by the number of people who would show up, in my mind, late for a flight, i.e. didn't give themselves enough time or didn't understand how to do the packing. Now, also keep in mind, most people are trying to avoid baggage fees, so they're trying to take everything in their and their firstborn on the, on the flight rather than check a bag to save some <laughs> money. And that means you get these uh, liquids that, oh, I didn't realize you thought that was a liquid. I saw one passenger who'd brought peanut butter. I guess to save money at, at the airport not buying lunches, peanut butter is actually considered a liquid, and she was being faced with the idea of having to throw away a whole kilogram of peanut butter, but that was what I was going to eat on my flight. So, you know, some of this is self-inflicted, but you can't take a system from 50 million to 13 and then expect it to instantly bounce back to 50 without a few growing pains. I think, generally speaking, Canadians are pretty tolerant of this and are understanding, even though they get a little miffed. And uh, 
I, I do think it's amazing how resilient the system is that we are able to come back. But people need, nonetheless need to have a little bit of patience as they go. I wonder if one of the, the, the real concerns beyond this is something that all sectors are facing right now, which is labor shortages, at which are having an impact in a number of different ways. Right. And, and again, in their marketplace, whether it is a flight attendant or a pilot or a baggage handler, you just don't hire them today and they start working tomorrow. There is tremendous training that needs to be done. Uh, there certainly was the case in the airline industry that a number of long-served employees facing COVID and facing those challenges said, you know what, I'm just going to retire rather than hold on. So they lost a lot of very senior people, and it is difficult to replace. Now, having said that, to you. We don't know the details of the of the negotiations with WestJet, what the pilots are getting, but the last offer from WestJet was going to see a pilot of a wide-bodied airplane earn $350,000 annually. A pilot of a narrow-bodied plane, which is what you'd use more in domestic flights, would earn $300,000 a year. Both of those numbers would put the pilots in among the top 1% of earners in Canada. So uh, the, the compensation is attractive, and presumably they had to sweeten the deal a little bit more, maybe even more attractive. That's a good point. We will follow with interest. Marvin, as always, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Glad to be with you, Devin. That's Marvin Ryder, professor with the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University.